Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. Tasha, what a week. What a week. What a week in the Bravo sphere. Yes. I mean, obviously, we don't cover um, VPR on the show, but VPR had its final reunion or final episode last night so it really is end of an era over the last few months like wow honestly yeah I I I of course have heard all the hype you're like thank god like just let's move on (laughs) no no because like honestly if I were a fan I know that I would be just as excited as everyone else so I'm like happy for everyone and mm. I hope that if you're a fan of VPR you um enjoyed whatever conclusion the season came to I will say it wasn't to me as dramatic of a finale I did hear that yeah but that's kind of I expected that because we had already heard so much right right like with with social media now, it's kind of hard to have these more revealing moments. Yes. You know, I literally was this. That was my main response to the reunion. And I it makes you wonder, like, I don't know if there's like anything in the astrology to sort of speak to this zeitgeist. Like, you know, we're all from like this very Pluto and Scorpio generation. So like digging and like sleuthing and really uncovering so much information Um is very much part of the fabric I just it definitely ruins the surprise or the impact of a live tv moment yeah and it was like yeah everyone kind of knew this already happened like what was the big deal about it you know like there was just there was nothing really that I think was particularly shocking about the episode so yeah, but I mean, other big things this week, obviously, um, astrologically speaking, not just in the Bravo-verse, Bravo-verse, that's a hard thing to say. Um, Venus moved into Leo to kick off the week on June 5th. It's going to be hanging out for an extended period of time through October 8th. Yeah, so that's double the time that Venus is generally in a sign, and that's because it's going to be retrograde from July 22nd to September 3rd. And of course, we'll talk about that as we get closer to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, Venus and Leo, it's so much about like self-love, self-vulnerability, self-passion. You know, it's that moment to really roar through um, and express yourself, love yourself. I mean, I have Leo on my midheaven. So, you know, I'm about to go get a haircut soon. (laughs) Be very, very fancy. Great astrology for that. And we also have Mars in Leo as well. So they're there together. And you mentioned the word passion. I mean, this is like a very passionate mix. It's good, good hookup energy. Yes. I feel like between this and then the retrograde, you know, it's almost like people having many options, like hooking up culture or dating culture, and then like having this moment of, okay, wait, but like, what do I actually really want, though? Um And then you come Mm -hmm. back around and like solidify it at the end. But we'll get more into that um, in later episodes. But we're recording today on June 8th. It is also Ashley Darby's birthday. Happy birthday, Ashley. Happy birthday. There are so many Geminis in the Bravo sphere, in the Bravo verse. I think I counted like at least 13 housewives in our master sheet. Is that, sheet that, is that the most popular sun sign? I guess like off the Ooh, top of my head. I don't know. I don't I know. I feel like there are a lot of Geminis for sure. Like Wendy's a Gemini also, right? On Potomac. Yep. We also have um, Chanel Ayon. Siggy Flicker, a lot of throwbacks. Joe Judice, of course. Joe Judice, of course. Yeah. Um, Taylor Armstrong. She's a Gemini sun. Capricorn moon, Cancer rising. Okay. Okay. Oh, um, and one of our favorites, Eileen Davidson. Yes. Really great Gemini as well. Of course, Andy, Andy Cohen. Yes. Yes, Daddy Bravo, which if you haven't already listened, we do have a bonus episode out on Andy. 
to honor him on his birthday last week. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know what's also very interesting? I was really shocked to find out recently that Bill Aiden also shares a birthday with Andy. Yes, that was a revelation. How funny. How funny. Super funny. Because they're obviously like different years. I think they're like five years apart. But when you see the dynamic of Andy and Jen during the reunion, I don't know if you picked up on it, but I definitely picked up on it. I just felt like Andy, literally the question on people's minds was, does Andy hate Jen? Is this a thing? And it just, you know, because of the birthdays, it kind of makes you wonder, like, are we looking at, like, a Bill and Jen relationship on the day-to-day? Like, is this what's up? <laughs> well, it could explain why he spends so much time in the pool house. Yes. <laughs> Although, apparently, she's infiltrated the pool house. <laughs> yeah, you know, I... When she meant when the way she described the pool house and how he needs to find his space, his own voice, or like he just needs to chill out from like the day to day. I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like I would also want um I too would also want my own safe house. And ultimately he has his South Node in Cancer, Bill Aiden. So for him, having that sanctuary, and I think he also has Mars in Pisces, is so important like you have to carve out those pockets of alone time so that you don't like lose yourself really right and also with the you know cancer south node capricorn north node there's going to be that struggle of wanting to provide and then like how to carve out time for your family Mm -hmm. and you definitely see that with him with bill it's like a constant issue a pain point between him and jen yeah but Getting to our main players. Getting to main players. I mean, I just I think it's interesting, right? Given the similarities, to look at Andy and Jen's sinistry, just because you do see him get really annoyed at Jen um, during the reunion, and you know, of course, this funny coinky dink right now with Bill and Andy sharing the same birthday. Um, off the bat, is there anything that you see? that can be tension-inducing, triggering in Andy and Jen Aiden's chart? Well, all right. So I have Jen laid on top of Andy since we know his, you know, rising sign. And the first thing that sticks out to me is that Andy's Saturn is on um, Jen's son in Aries. And as we have spoken about before, her son is conjunct her Chiron, even though Chiron's over into Taurus on the next side. But just Andy Saturn on her son in Aries, you see him kind of trying to um, discipline her or kind of like he kind of treats her like a child in the way of... um, you know, she'll eventually run out of air and stop talking, things like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, also, you know, that Saturn is conjunct her south node, Jen Aiden's south node. So there is this sort of fear in the relationship. Like, I feel like Jen kind of, I don't know, there is this maybe fear that she has in relation to Andy. Um, as you said, that disciplinarian type of figure. And also what was really interesting is Jen's Pluto is on Andy's south node. And, you know, we've talked about Andy and him having this Pluto-Mars square and how he doesn't necessarily, you know, show a whole lot of rage externally. I think it's so much more how he operates beneath the surface. And I do wonder if Jen's, like, Plutonic tendencies, her intensity, her rage you know, is sort of like pulling Andy back in that. And he's kind of like, I don't, he's trying to draw a boundary around boundary around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I can that. definitely. And yeah. Speaking of their rage, their um, Marses are squaring each other. So I yeah. think that's like also like these two, it's, it's such a butting head energy with the most aggressive planet in our chart, you could say. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be like this kind of constant friction. And, you know, you talked about their north and south nodes, but they're in 
each other's sister signs. So Andy's North Node is in Aries and Jen's is in Libra. So it's also like they're kind of evolving away from each other, which is also interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Those opposing nodes um, are very interesting. And you know what? Obviously, we are coming up in an Aries Libra eclipse season. Like, I don't know what this necessarily would mean for them, but definitely both Jen and Andy getting hit and also this relationship maybe getting hit as well. Um, something to keep in <laughs> mind, potentially. Just off those aspects, right? Yeah. I feel like you naturally see all that tension. You see why there are these little like remarks maybe like, it's also really funny because I think I saw a tweet where a tweet where someone was like, "Oh, does Andy just hate Jen Aiden? Like, he really is not feeling her, or is he mean to her all the time?" And Jen responds, being like, "Oh, just most of the time, not all the time, basically." Um. So yeah, it will be interesting to see where their relationship goes. I feel like also after. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't picked up on that as an overall thing, but I do think that there are just certain people, of course, that you're going to prefer over others. And when there are hundreds of housewives, it will be hard to treat them all equally. Yes, yes. I mean, at the end of the day, Andy does have mercury in cancer. Um, you know, you got a crew. And you stick with your crew. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, he, sorry, I just also saw that his moon conjunct Jupiter in in Leo mm -hmm. is trining her Chiron. Um, mm. So even though, wait, oh, out of sign, yeah, 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 out of sign, yeah. Even though a trine is like generally thought of as a, a positive mm, conversation that these elements are having with each other, it with a Chiron, it could still be, especially with a Chiron and moon, moon being the emotions, Chiron being our wounds, it could still be more of a friction point than a friendship point. <laughs> yeah, it's like ease and flow into that wound, basically, just perpetually like if Andy doesn't necessarily show or share his spotlight on her or sheds that spotlight on her I think it like contributes to that wound of her feeling maybe like left out or like lacking the confidence and feeling she has no voice and so then she feels like maybe she has to like overcompensate and like talk as Andy said until she runs out of gas yeah yeah and I think like that's even what yeah totally because these things go both ways. So I think it's like her wounds just mm -hmm. annoy the shit out of him. It's like he doesn't necessarily appreciate um, her pain. Maybe mm -hmm. let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, Jen also has Jupiter and Jim. So she definitely run. you know, the ability to run the mouth is like very high as well. Um, yeah. And Andy has a lot of Gemini. But again, like sometimes having that same energy, it's not again a positive thing it could be especially with a jupiter there it could be like too much of mm -hmm. that for him who also has so much gemini yeah it's interesting right because with the gemini and you know it's a, it's appropriate we're having you know a conversation about gemini during the season but with gemini so much of it is definitely communication but people oftentimes forget it's a listening is such a huge component of that as well naturally and I think Andy does spend a lot of time on these reunions sitting listening observing and asking the pointed questions whereas you know I think this is always a conversation with Jen right like hey can you even remotely see the other side the other perspective and um knowing that Bill has so many Gemini placements you really understand why he's trying to impart that wisdom or guidance to Jen like it's not just about talking. It really is about listening. And you're not listening right now. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, you know, Andy and Jen was just like one part of the reunion. Um, what else did you like? Did you? I just I feel so torn about these reunions always because it's like, yes, it's the drama is always very good. But like, I don't know. What do you what do you think? You mean these reunions being Jersey specifically? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. 
Just yeah. Agree. Yeah, I would agree with you. And usually, usually with Jersey, I'm like not looking forward to the reunions. And even mm-hmm. here, I wasn't really looking re- forward to it. Um, part one wasn't that exciting. Here, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like not really sure what made me feel this way but um like this episode I was just like so pulled in I felt like a Mm. fangirl I wasn't even really thinking about it from an astrological perspective I was just enjoying it and then like the preview for next week I am so excited even Andy like going to talk to Louie to be like I don't want things to get physical I'm worried (laughs) I'm the one that's gonna get like the first line of tackle um Oh it's God. just kind of I hope it's not the letdown that VPR apparently was. Um, I want this to be explosive and it has all the makings of it. I mean, it's already explosive, right? Like you already hear this shit with Louis and this restraining order and like who knows ultimately, right, if it like can be trusted or not. And it's something I should have noted in the stories. Like whenever Pisces is in play, as we have said on this show many times, shit's confusing. So like you might not even necessarily know something went down, but he did have like an interesting transit hitting his chart, like Saturn hitting his Mars and Pisces and Saturn and Mars together indicate some sort of restriction in of itself. I feel like, you know, restraining order makes a lot of sense, but you don't necessarily know what the truth is behind it. Yeah, very true. Very true. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, But yes, you know, moving from one entrenched family drama over in Jersey <laughs> to Atlanta, where we've never actually talked about Mama Joyce on the show astrologically. We've only ever talked about Mama Joyce in the context of Candy and Todd and, you know, also opportunity to plug. We did a cosmic coupling episode with Candy and Todd. Definitely check that out. Um, but Mama Joyce has always been a background feature in this trio really this is you know the three of them from the beginning of time looking at her chart now does anything surprise you about mama joyce's stance how she's not willing to let this go after all these years absolutely nothing surprised me about that (laughs) nothing at all um i don't even i like it's hard where do i start there's so many things well, first of all, Mama Joyce was born November 8th, 1949. She is a Scorpio. Yeah, let's take it back. Let's take it back. I'm like getting ahead of myself. Mercury and Sun in Scorpio. I think in of itself, that says a lot about her inability to let go. Absolutely. And it's sextiling Mars in Virgo, which is going to want to, like, again, kind of hold on to things, be really aggressive about what's right and wrong in their eyes, protecting um, the resources. Also, she's got Venus in Capricorn. So like valuing money, the way that she's like always talking about Candy's money. And it's opposing her Uranus Mm -hmm. in Cancer. Uranus, um, drastic, like erratic things, cancer, sign of the family, her not being able to take every opportunity given to her to blast Todd at BravoCon just over and over and over again. But I also did notice that she has her moon in Gemini. So speaking of Gemini's and it's trining her Neptune in Libra. So I kind of see this as like a veil around what is what actually is a balanced and healthy relationship because Candy and Todd clearly have that in their own way. They have what works for them. No matter how many times he proves himself to her, she still just doesn't see him as what she wants for her daughter. So, yeah, I I don't see her ever changing her tune with Todd, unfortunately. Um, But it does seem like Candy... I think we talked about how she had she went through her Uranus opposition, um, which is about kind of stepping into your individuality. I think finally we see her being able to at least say that she's going to stand up to Mama Joyce about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mean, it makes sense because timing wise, I think it coincided um, with Candy and Todd's. 
I'm like when they were filming on the show, maybe, um, you know, about the problems in their marriage and how like that sense of providing and how much time Candy spends. I think, you know, it's all very much part of that narrative and how Candy's looking to break out and understand herself better and operate from like, you know, that place of self, authentic self and her voice and yeah, it just makes a lot of sense that you definitely see her prioritizing this her relationship with him over sort of this past history that Mama Joyce keeps rehashing um, and entertaining. Um, I mean, you know, Neptune, it's interesting, you know, Mama Joyce has Neptune on her south node. Um, and the Neptune on that south node is interesting because to me there is already that sense of I believe my own narrative I believe my own sense of reality heavily imprinted into her chart um, and because Venus and Capricorn rules over that south node I you know again that issue of scarcity that issue because Capricorn is ruled by Saturn those associations the sense of provider who it's really so much about if I'm not going to get provided for how will I survive? And that codependency is really, really entrenched, I think, in their relationship. Um, yeah, so it definitely, you know, makes sense why she's so concerned, you know, Todd coming in and maybe taking resources away, as you mentioned, Uranus and Cancer, disruption to her family, a sudden shock to her family with the presence of Todd um, opposing her sense of feeling provided for. Um, yeah. I can definitely and, see that. Yeah. And, you know, she's got that, um, the South Node in Libra, so the North Node is in Aries. So, like, she's, again, like, really thinking about herself. Oh, it's interesting. Aries Libra. We've just spoke about Jen Aiden and Andy, both with Aries and Libra nodal axis. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but that so that Venus in Capricorn is also trining um Mars in Virgo. So mm -hmm. even more so, like we're speaking about Earth signs in general. It's about stability, it's about resources, it's about um being able to provide for yourself and for others so again just like further again backing that narrative mm -hmm. so yeah this is why when you asked me if anything surprised me like no nothing surprises me like she is very much mm -hmm. living out her chart here yeah no it's I mean it's and in some cases you know you see people live out the chart and that's neither a good or a bad thing right it's just like very matter of fact this is the energetics they're working with not saying that they can't do better knowing and having the self-awareness but I think this is why astrology is an you know an amazing illuminating tool because yes you can have these tendencies but how do we work with these energies to maybe allow you to move forward and you know with mama Joyce maybe a stronger sense of confidence in herself a stronger sense of trust um in her ability to provide and ultimately you know surrender to outcome trust in the unknown trust that she is capable of surviving not knowing or at least amid changing circumstance yeah i'd be really interested to know what her rising sign is only in terms of knowing mm -hmm. what falls in her eighth house because clearly she is so dependent on candy and you're right like a lot of her chart is about being able to provide for herself and here she is i mean well we don't really know what she does but candy buys her houses yeah it's it's interesting it's like yeah it's like that self-empowerment but because she does have you know mercury and sun and scorpio that partner needs to be there and there's like an intimate trusted partner and it's a more equal partner so in some way i don't i don't know like mama's personal life obviously i only know it on the show in relation to candy but you know the idea of having someone equal that she could have shared a lot of these concerns with because now it's just coming out. And here's the thing. I don't think her concerns are bad concerns, but did she need to vocalize them in the manner she did? It was, you know, potentially very hurtful how it came out. <laughs>
Well, and hypocritical, because I remember like a few seasons back, she had a boyfriend who was a contractor and he like was doing the work on her house that Candy was going to sell so that she could get her a new house or it was in the new house that she just got. And he did a horrible job on the work and then just like abandoned the job. And then Candy ended up having to pay to repair all that Mm. shit. And um, and then even in this past episode, Candy was I don't remember exactly what she said, but she was kind of like you know, what about your men or like, you know, what do you want? And then her mom was like, oh, I don't have one. And Candy was like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you have a South Node in Libra, it doesn't mean like don't get into a relationship. It just means you have to curate better balance for yourself in the relationship to not be defined by your relationships. Right. Um, It's so funny because I have a chart casually pulled up as a sag rising and everything like kind of looks really nice because that would put her cancer in that eighth house you know family being sort of this like very very rich scorpionic place to dig in and then that would put her venus and jupiter and capricorn in her second house um of material Mm. resources so some very interesting um some very interesting dynamics here but yeah, but the second house is usually what you provide for yourself. That is true. That is true. Maybe flipped even oh. then if she's a Gemini rising and that Capricorn and that eighth being provided for by other people. But Which could make sense because then her moon could be like a conjunct the ascendant or in the first house and you see like she cannot hide her emotions also gemini rising she's you know word on the street the street is your mama like wow i can actually really see that yeah yeah definitely i mean mama joyce has such iconic sayings right on the show and it was like i just remember the whole dinner was like ain't no river wide enough and all oh yeah incredible incredible um and you know you and i feel like yeah the Gemini moon, like that, the ability to just like whip these words out and air shit out like this. I mean, um, honestly, like I actually really love her chart. I really want to get her rising if she ever would give it up. I don't think she would. But her chart's super fascinating just because there are so many balanced elements. Honestly, it's a very balanced chart. Um, yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. Mama Joyce. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but I mean, that's kind of all we have to say about Atlanta this week. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> however, we do have the premiere of the OC. Yes. I okay. Full disclosure, like I still haven't caught up yet. Honestly, at some point, it just took me out the the binging and like the excessive Bravo content. Not that there's an excessive Bravo content. There's no such thing as no, that. No, there is. We all hit our limit. Yeah, I just, I hit a limit. I hit a wall. Um, But I will say I have caught up to like halfway through season 13. So I actually do know all the players that are here in season 17. So I feel like, you know, I'm still pretty ready to go. Maybe some context missing. But you know what? That might make the interpretations more fun, especially because I might not know some underlying things. Um, But so going to the yeah. premiere... I also, hold on, I have a feeling that once you get to 14, it will pick up a little bit quicker. Mm. So, guys, we do still have an OC Part 4 binge coming your way. It just will be in a few weeks, probably. Yeah, a little delayed. A little delayed. Um, But, you know, directing our attention to the premiere, I think, obviously, Tamara's back. She was put on pause. Um, And Shannon, you know, in the opener asks a really interesting question you know basically can Tamara change well I'm under the I'm a Sagittarius rising I'm an optimist everyone can change Mm -hmm. but even more so than that as we just explained with Mama Joyce's chart like all energy is a spectrum so within that you you kind of fluctuate between high vibes, low vibes, in between vibes. And I think we've really seen that with Tamara over the years. We've seen her kind of in this more, I'm, I'm working on myself. I'm trying to be a better person. I'm leaning more into 
the positive sides of me and trying to shed the more toxic elements. And then other times where she's embracing that toxicity because it's fun, because she's on a show and she knows that's what people want from her. Um, So yeah, yeah, I do think people change and I think Tamara can change. What about you? Hmm. Yes. I mean, first of all, just by inherent mutability with Tamara, you know, we've said before on um, our bonus episode, part two, she is, or part one even, she is so Virgoan. You know, she has her son in Virgo, Mercury in Virgo, Venus in Virgo retrograde, Pluto in Virgo, Uranus in Virgo. Um, so yes, very Virgo, very mutable. And it's funny because, you know, I think of Virgos as probably a a pretty fixed mutable sign, if that makes sense. Because change scares the shit out of them, but they're also really focused on self-improvement, right? So like on a minute level, yes, I want to improve, I want to do better, but in the larger picture sense, I, I see a little more hesitation around it. And with Tamara, she has her Mars and Neptune in Scorpio. I think it's all very contingent on if she is willing to let go of old narratives around other people's behaviors, around her behaviors, things like that, and start a new clean slate. That Mars in Scorpio does give me pause because it's a fixed sign. And Mars is the ruler of Scorpio, so it's particularly empowered um, because it's tightly conjunct that Neptune, it makes me believe in power to believe your old bullshit. So again, it will be interesting to see, you know, how the season goes, because obviously we already hear by the end of it, there are these huge blowout fights um, involving Tamara. And I think Tamara, you know, she's not even friends with Jennifer or she gets into something big with Jennifer, who she brought on the show Um Jennifer is a Cancer. Cancer and Virgos have like a very good connection. So definitely see that as well. It's a sextile connection, Um, which did you know? Did you know this? Uh, I was like scrolling on Instagram the other day and I think it was on Cure Astrology or something. But certain aspects have correlations to planetary energies. So yeah, yeah, like the sextile is very Venusian. Yep. Therefore, Um, I've never like fully integrated that in my sort of interpretations of things but I really like the concept a lot I like it in the ABC way of explaining astrology where like the first house is like Aries the second house is like Taurus but in a more nuanced way like we're talking about how yes a trine could be beneficial a sextile could be beneficial but it also Mm -hmm. is just kind of like an opening for energy to flow um and it's Mm -hmm. not always in a beneficial way although they tend to be um right right yeah yeah i mean we've always we've said on the show too you know in with respect to the planets right like venus is traditionally considered a benefic planet but you know heartbreak is so much a part of a venus story as well um and that's like a pretty sad aspect to think about involving venus right so you know all planets do have these sides of them it's just what we want to see I guess as well. Yeah. Um, But to speak to that um, Mars Neptune conjunction in Scorpio, what's also mm -hmm. interesting about that, because you were speaking about it in relation to um, how if she can't drop her own narratives, she'll not be able to kind of move on and evolve. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is that Neptune, um, her Chiron, is kind mm-hmm. of answering to that Neptune and Scorpio because it's falling in Pisces. So it's like, even though yeah. so, she's got like her, her pain, her hurt tied to that Neptune, which is conjunct that Mars, which is squaring the moon Jupiter, but it's also sextiling mm-hmm. her, her Mercury, how she thinks. So it's like, and communicates. So it's like, it's like all of that is having this conversation. The energy is flowing amongst it all and kind of like answering to, or kind of like being pushed along by that Chiron. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, that Jupiter, to your point, like that Jupiter rulership over that Chiron in Pisces, you know, Jupiter's the natural ruler of Pisces, um, and Neptune's the other ruler of Pisces in modern astrology. So it's, 
truly reinforcing the chart. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see whether Tamra can change her spots as the season goes along. I mean, next week off the bat, we already see the Tamra Shannon showdown. I feel like um, that is going to set a very significant tone. So we'll definitely be um, focusing on Tamra and Shannon Sinistry next week. I yeah. think in our Heather episode, we were saying that we felt like she was a cancer moon. And immediately after we recorded that, I, um, Shannon is a Leo moon. We take, yeah. I take that back. I fully yeah. take that back. <laughs> yeah, she could defo. She could defo be a Leo moon. And like, it just depends, right? If she's like a cancer rising or like whatever, right? Because like, she does have like, to me, cancer energy as well. But the the way Shannon makes a lot of things about herself <sighs> is so um Leo Moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like I mean she's very Aries and Aries is also, you know, like right, right, right. Me, so right, right, right. you can definitely see that all over the place. But yeah, I would love to understand like you can make arguments for both and it just reinforces different aspects in the chart, really. Yeah. But yeah. she already has. Um Okay, I think that is all I kind of wanted to say about OC because I'm like dying to talk to you about Summer House. Such a good episode, such a good finale, such a like, for me, satisfying ending to a kind of like hit or miss season. What were your thoughts? Mm. Okay, I actually really like the season and I think we've said this before. I like when friendship get explored um the good bad and the ugly um you know the shows in season seven it's an eighth house perfection year it just feels so like right on the money you know like intimate bonds getting tested you get a lot of emotional depth and heaviness from the season that we normally see um which you know for me as a scorpio rising like right up my alley uh <laughs> but the reunion I thought was really, really beautiful because of Carl. Um, Carl to me was just such an amazing bright spot. I just, he has really, really grown on the show. And we've talked, we've said this many times, but I am literally so proud of Carl and how far he's come. And really, even just opening up in the sheer vulnerability is so impressive. Um yeah. And did you have any thoughts on Carl? I like I just was curious about even the transits that were getting pulled for the reunion and like things were really hitting, which was really cool to see. Yeah. Well, during the reunion, I mean, we have a lot of stuff hanging out in Taurus right now, including the North Node, Jupiter, which are conjunct. What else is in Taurus? Mercury. Mercury right. Mercury. Yeah. Uranus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Carl has his North Node in Taurus. And I think like we really saw like Carl was able to get a lot of growth from the like the closure, not not growth. Like he's done his growing. He was able to get closure. And I was really happy about that. I think like who doesn't love Carl and Kyle's relationship? It's so special watching it kind of go through this rough patch over the past season or so has been difficult and especially the way that it's come out which you know I'm glad that Kyle was able to I mean Kyle's always Kyle's very vulnerable too you know like they were both just able to let it all go speak to each other from a heart space and like and I'm yeah I was just oh, so happy <laughs> yeah I mean when we pull up the transits for Carl like something super striking is hitting also the south node on april 27th was conjunct his natal pluto at four degrees and you know the south node being that vacuum cleaner that suction and pluto and scorpio like your shame like your shadow side the lower version of self that you maybe couldn't forgive at one point um for that to for the south node to be going over that it was really an opportunity for him to release um you know, other symbolism hitting his chart as well, potentially transiting Jupiter might have been activating Carl's moon in Aries. Um, so again, you know, that fearless sort of let me be vulnerable with my emotions. I'm not afraid of it anymore. Um, and Chiron, Chiron was also activating Carl's um, natal Lilith. Like there's just a lot of rage and healing, right? Um, 
Neptune also transiting Neptune conjunct Carl's Venus and Mars conjunction, um, you know, in Pisces, again, obviously, like addiction, sobriety was a big topic of conversation and a big part of Carl's story. And here you see Neptune and Pisces, Venus and Mars, maybe reflecting the struggle in Pisces between spirit and spirits. And um, yeah, I think he just feels even though he's obviously struggled, he does definitely feel Oh my gosh, I mean, so much more grounded than I feel like we've ever heard him, even. Um, yeah, and Pluto is coming for his son. You know, Pluto moved into Aquarius and his son's at seven degrees Aquarius. It, obviously, you know, Pluto hasn't hit, but moving into the sign in of itself, I feel like has reverberations for the energetics within, you know, all Aquarius's with your placements, whether you're a sun, moon rising, have your Venus and Mars. Like, I feel like you just kind of feel the undercurrent um, of maybe revolutionizing, maybe stepping into that more authentic self. Um, and that would involve some vulnerability. Mm. Yeah. And even like that Uranus in Taurus that was mentioned before is conjunct his North node. And I think, you know, we think about Uranus shaking things up in like unexpected events. I think that was really needed to help push past this, like that from this becoming the next Jersey like drama that just never ends. Um, so yeah, I was happy to see that when we look at Carl and Kyle, what what comes to mind there? Well, first off, we also have covered um, Carl and Kyle, sort of like high-level synastry on an earlier episode. So if you're looking, you know, for just like high-level stuff, definitely. I can't remember the episode off the top of my head right now, though. Um, but, you know, I think what what I want to highlight from their synastry as it relates to their reconciliation at Reunion um, is Kyle's Jupiter and Scorpio conjunct Carl's Pluto in Scorpio and Kyle's Mars in Scorpio also conjunct that Pluto in Scorpio because to me that really speaks to this depth this intimate bond that they will both share how Kyle ultimately empowers Carl you know Kyle did give him I'm like I say Kyle and Carl as if they both are one name because their names sound so familiar mm. um but you know Kyle did give Carl that job Jupiter bringing wealth to Pluto to Carl's like self and like helping him as part of that Mars and Scorpio you know maybe feeling betrayed um by Carl choosing to sort of take a step back from this really intimate bond I mean you see it all there in that conjunction I feel like and what I really love about it is with Scorpio energy there's so much depth that can blossom from the relationship when you both are really honest with each other and talk about your hurt share your hurt with an intimate partner and I think that's what they are for each other very brother-like relationship but a very emotionally deep relationship um yeah that that really like shone very loudly to me and of course you know because that transiting south node was going was on Carl's Pluto that transiting south node was also kind of already starting to hit Kyle Jupiter and Mars so to me, this really was a moment, whether they both intentionally realized it or not, but in tune with the energetics, this was a moment of release and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. mm. I think another thing you mentioned before that, you know, Kyle had given Carl this opportunity and was maybe hurt by him, um, you know, kind of like abandoning him in some way. And Kyle's got his venus conjunct north node in cancer so like his values around um family and like what you family being more so than just like your blood family but who you consider to be in your family is like something that's going to be very important to him and something he values and that's squaring carl's moon in um aries potentially so and like that's going to be about finding your individuality like putting your needs first what makes you comfortable what's going to help you be safe and 
um, and emotionally stable. And that's like you. That's why he abandoned, quote unquote, Kyle, because he needed to for his sobriety, for his safety, for his personal safety. So I think that also speaks to that kind of friction as well. Um, But I think thankfully, um, also actually, though, with Carl's uh, North Node being conjunct Kyle's Chiron, kind of like also, again, Carl's growth triggering a wound within Kyle, a hurt for Kyle. Um, But yeah, like, thankfully, I think the women, despite their distaste for each other as we've spoken about in past episodes i really loved how they stepped in to support the two of these men kind of coming together and coming back together because everyone knows like this is this is a brotherhood it's Mm -hmm. not just a friendship it is family i think i mean you know Lindsay was there all along saying like i literally said talk to kyle talk to kyle Mm mm-hmm all yeah, season. from the beginning. And All season we've heard that. I think for me, yes, I, I really appreciated even, you know, Amanda stepping in and like Lindsay and Amanda kind of putting their differences aside to, you know, try to work on or facilitate this relationship's recovery. But man, I just feel like Lindsay just doesn't get listened to a whole lot. On, I mean, this season, I feel like, and maybe this is, you know, in the past, yes, Lindsay does get her opinions out there. Lindsay operates and beats to her own drum. Lindsay's like very strong about that. But like I just maybe don't feel like she got heard necessarily this season. And I feel like everyone maybe painted her with the old brushstroke of Lindsay versus allowing to see Lindsay as Lindsay is in this current moment. Like there is a moment in the reunion where she's like, I'm hurt. Or like I acted like that because I'm hurt. And then everyone's just like, oh, like, hello, Sierra got so activated this reunion. And we hadn't even seen really much of Sierra all season. And all of a sudden, she's, like, getting so angry at Lindsay for a fight that she has no, like, stake in. Wild. Wild to me. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. I think that they're painting her with the past narrative. And I think that they've seen even though Lindsay has been slowly evolving you know we have really seen her slowly evolving um but I think when you're so close to something you don't necessarily see it and especially with your if you're already like not a fan of that person and have written them off in the way that Paige and her crew have um no matter what Lindsay does she'll never be accepted by them so yes, I think I think they've just all shut themselves off to her, written her off, and that's that for them. Yeah. I mean, I just like pulled up Sierra Lindsay's chart just to even see like if there was anything particularly bombastic, you know, because it just seems like such a loud reaction. And like, yeah, Sierra and Lindsay have that same uh Andy and Jen Aiden problem where it's like they have the opposing nodes in each other's signs. So like, um, let me pull up Sierra's chart. Actually, funnily enough, oh my God, is this another Aries and Libra nodal situation? Because Lindsay has her Aries and um, yeah, her South Node and North Node in Aries Libra as well, which is actually really funny how much prevalence there is on the show today as we're headed into, you know, like a month out from the nodes uh, switching axis. Mm. But yeah, they literally have like opposing nodes. Um, Sierra Saturn is conjunct Lindsay's Jupiter and Sierra's Uranus is opposing Lindsay's Mercury. So like just in of itself, right? Like those planets involved in these aspects are like very friction heavy. Well, and Sarah's um, sun conjunct her um, Jupiter are squaring Lindsay's Venus, her value. Oh, um, yeah. So it's just like it's going to be this like big butting heads moment always. Yeah. No, I mean, it's their tension is ripe. It's very present. But actually, you know, it's funny. Like you said, how Sierra doesn't even have a stake in this game, but her Uranus conjunct Venus likely conjunct her moon is in opposition to Lindsay's Mercury. Mm-hmm. So it's like here Lindsay's trying to air how she's thinking and feeling about the situation and Sierra just like 
like out of nowhere comes in with how she feels what her like how what her opinions are yeah it's very interesting it's almost like everyone has such an issue with obviously Lindsay being selfish and like I think there's such a narrative right around Leo's and selfishness and really like at some point being selfish is not a bad thing like you do what's best for you is really what being selfish means and sometimes you need a little more of that um and it's funny because I was just on Instagram again, Gemini season, and there was like an, I think it was Rise and Shine Astrology, but like the signs that you are most aggravated by are the signs you can obviously like learn the most from. And obviously I feel like Lindsay's inherent expression of self, she is so Leo. She has Leo in her fifth house as an Aries rising, which makes her a pretty damn Leo Leo. Um, I wonder if it just triggers other people's sense of like selfishness and when they choose themselves um well i don't know this is a pretty leo heavy cast in general it's kyle and um, it's kyle and Lindsay, and amanda sure is that but it? yeah everyone else doesn't have leo placements it's kyle and Lindsay, and it makes sense that they're the stalwart i think off the show all right so who are your mvp and lvps of this season oh my gosh okay mvp for me is carl um We've already highlighted all the reasons why see above. Um, and again, I really love his relationship with Lindsay. I do. And maybe there are haters out there, but I really want the I want next season to have everyone just party really hard in the house and then um, go to this wedding. And I want the wedding filmed. And that would be a great season for me. Um, LVP, I would say maya for hmm. not really doing a whole lot and also that it really bothered me when she asked oliver to take his mic off you're on a reality tv show i'm not here to watch you sit in bed all day frankly for you to come on the show show nothing all season get into a weird fake fight with carl and then ultimately come and be like, you need to take your mic off. You need to tell. And granted, yes, we still heard the conversation. But to me, like, what are you fucking doing on this show then? But yeah, that's totally enough. valid point. Yeah. And actually, okay, so it's interesting because I wrote my MVPs and LVPs before the reunion. And I actually kind of have a different opinion now. So I love that your MVP is Carl and I agree, especially, I mean, I'm not, I don't actually agree. I have a different MVP, but like, I do love that you chose Carl and I listened to, I just listened to my first episode of Brav Bros the other day. Cause I saw they had an interview with Carl and I just wanted to listen to that. And he was saying just like, anyway, I'm not even gonna get into it, but just like hearing his perspective of the season, um, I do feel for him and I feel like they kind of got a bad edit and I wouldn't normally say that but I do kind of feel like they got a bad edit mm -hmm. uh well everyone came into the season so like because Danielle was like you'll see right like there was so much buildup into villainizing them that you paint the assumption of villainy yeah. out in the open like people are going to come in with that filter right um so anyway my MVP is actually Gabby because First of all, bringing astrology to the forefront in a fun way, but also um, kind of following like what Maya started a season or so ago, like bringing the important conversations to the forefront. Um, I think that's, you know, I talk a lot about how I don't like these younger generation shows, but if they're good for anything, that's what they should be really leaning heavily into because that's what society kind of needs is this coming together of these very disparate sides who don't understand where the other one's coming from like we need more understanding of the other and I think these younger generations can help bring those conversations so Gabby was my MVP and my LVP is like all all the other people that weren't in a relationship or Danielle basically um because I just feel like none of them brought much um yeah, so like unfortunately Sierra, I love Sierra. She wasn't bringing much this season. Maya wasn't a relationship, but she wasn't bringing much this season. Um 
Chris didn't bring much this season. It was just like, I just felt like a lot of the players outside of the 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 two main couples and Danielle kind of were like dropped the ball for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a very centered season and, you know, it makes you wonder how much of like, you know, Paige willingly wanting to show her relationship as well. And um, also like what really got cut on the editing floor, you know what I mean? Um, but I guess, honestly, in this surveillance style of Summer House, it's hard to not necessarily catch on what was the main drama. Well, I mean, I will say that Carl did mention that they kept edit, like showing that he was staying home or going to bed early. And he said, actually, I was out more like later most nights than Paige, Sierra. Then they like just go to bed at 11 o'clock at night and like, we're actually out partying. They didn't even show that. Why? Because I'm not drinking like you need to be drinking to have a good time. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um it just goes to show, right? Like, yeah, sometimes energies can't lie. But I think this is, for me, like, picking up on what Carl was putting down and Lindsay was putting down. Like, I trusted their narrative. Um, but it's all a game of perception at the end of the day. Absolutely. We'll never really know. That's kind of yeah. the part, too, though. And then I also just want to throw in there that, I mean, Gabby was my MVP. But my rookie of the year is going to be Sam because I really did not think I was going to like her coming into this season. Mm-hmm. You can, like, rewind the tapes and play it back. And I was not really looking forward to her. And I actually really liked not just, like, her and um, – but like even just like the short little amount of growth we saw from her this season of being kind of this insecure, heavy Gemini, like I talk too much, no one wants to hear what I say, to blossoming into someone who's like really owning who they are, found someone who appreciates them for who they are. Like that was really nice to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, to your point, like the newbies were amazing. I do yeah, it'll be interesting to w- see where the show heads. I mean, Andy did such an amazing job mediating um, that it seems like there is hope for Danielle and Lindsay. I mean, we talked about this in our, you know, Andy episode, like being a Libra rising and having that Mercury in Cancer and his Venus in Gemini. Like there is an ability to facilitate communication meaningfully. Libra is the archetype of the diplomat, the counselor, the friend. What there's also like actually really interesting synastry between Andy and Lindsay. I just I don't I will say one thing with the mediating, it just again goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like I didn't feel like Lindsay's perspective and hurt was just not necessarily given the same amount of attention as Danielle's. And maybe that's a function of, you know, Andy's previously said like Lindsay's very intense, like she can maybe handle herself versus we haven't necessarily seen this side from Danielle. So it feels more jarring. Um, but I did feel the mediating was um, more in favor of Danielle's perspective than Lindsay's perspective. Yeah, um, I can see that. But what I really thought was fun about the mediation was when you pull up Andy's chart all those again, like those transits that we're talking about going through Taurus right now, those are hitting Andy's eighth house, eighth house of merging, of like bringing together. And uh yeah. House of therapy even really. Yeah, yeah. And going deep. It's like a scorpionic house. So like getting to the bottom of things, kind of resolving them. Uh and here he was able to once again save a relationship potentially. I mean it looks like things are going in the good direction. And honestly I think all of this was needed in order for Danielle and Lindsay to have kind of a more authentic and more balanced relationship for themselves. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I just saw like some really cute activation symbolism in the transit chart for the reunion on Andy as, you know, further corroborating his role transiting Venus. So Andy was going through his Venus return is actually conjunct Andy's Mars. So this, this, idea of him kind of like presenting like a very venusian element or let me heal the wounds let me like mars and gemini an argument like he again just extra bonus points for mediating in the chart um as promoted by astrology so super cool yeah super cool yes which once again if you have not listened to our andy special 
this is your note to go do that because it really was good. It was fun. We talk about not just him, but his relationship with Anderson Cooper and their sinistry. And then we also talked about him and Teresa and mm-hmm. would love to do more Andy sinistry uh, breakdowns. So if there's anyone in particular you want to hear us talk about in relation to Andy, go ahead and send us a DM. We always love to hear your guys' thoughts. Yes. And of course, you know, follow us along at the Cosmic Clubhouse so you never miss any Bravo Astrology content in between episodes. Yes. And if you were following the podcast, then you would have been notified that we dropped this bonus episode of Andy. So if you aren't already following, you may want to go ahead and do that so you don't have to wait for our pesky reminders. Yes. But I love our pesky reminders. They're very cute. Um, <laughs> But anyway, until next week, see you. Bye.